0: None of us wants to experience pain in our lives. Well, we just don't. But as much as we don't want pain, it's a fact of life. It just is. So we can sweep it all under the rug and pretend that it doesn't exist. Or we can learn to deal with it the best way we possibly can. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond. Thank you so much for joining me again on Christianity Works. Today, we're going to head into the Word of God and let the Lord Almighty speak into our pain, into perhaps some of the pain that you might be travelling through at the moment. And please do stay tuned, because in just a few minutes, I'll be telling you about my free daily devotional, Fresh. It's all about helping you draw closer to Jesus to become all that he made you to be. Can I tell you, one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life is growing up. Just stop and think about it for a minute. We come into this world completely helpless, absolutely dependent on our parents for everything. In fact, for life itself. If they were to leave us completely alone within just a few days, we'd be dead. And almost immediately, the process of growing up begins. Within a few months, we're smiling. By age two, we want to throw tantrums to demonstrate our independence. We learn to use cutlery. We learn to take ourselves to the toilet. We go to school. We learn to read and write. And on and on it goes. And I think the hardest part of that growing up is going through those teenage years, leaving childhood behind and becoming an adult. But have you ever stopped to wonder why is it that growing up is so hard sometimes? Why are those teenage years so difficult? What is it about growing up? Well, here I think is the answer. Growing up is about moving from complete dependence on our parents to independence, and then from independence to interdependence. In other words, when we're children, we're dependent on mum and dad for food, clothes, the place we live, travel, love, nurture, all those things. Little by little, we learn to do things for ourselves, and then, once we know how, we're expected to get on and do things. When you think about it, growing up is about shifting responsibility and effort from our parents onto ourselves. We take on more and more to the point that one day we're ready to go out there into that big, cruel world and take a job and and become part of society, and for most of us, bring our own children into the world and start that whole cycle over again. And the difficulties in the whole growing up process, the more I think about it, are in the transfer of that responsibility from our parents to ourselves. Sometimes we want to run ahead of it, and sometimes we want to lag behind. For instance, what teenager hasn't rolled their eyes in the back of their heads when their parents have told them, now you're not allowed to watch that movie or go to that place or stay up that late or whatever? See, we think as teenagers, we know better, we want more freedom. And that's the currency of those who are immature, freedom. But the parents are trading in a different currency. They're trading in responsibility. And sometimes we want to lag behind. Sometimes we want to be lazy and and have our parents serve us hand and foot, doing things that we're more than capable of doing for ourselves. Mum, can you get me a drink? I've often heard a teenager say in our house over the years, to which I will immediately answer before mum can get off the lounge, get it yourself. Why? It's time to take responsibility. It's time for the kids to stop treating their parents as servants. To each of my children, somewhere along the line, I've said this. Don't expect to be able to act like a child and then be treated like an adult. If you act like a child, you'll be treated like one. If you act like an adult, in fact, if you demonstrate by what you say and do and your attitudes that you're growing up, that you're maturing, that you have the wherewithal to deal with things, then we'll start treating you like an adult. Teenagers often want the best of both worlds. They want freedom and servants. (laughs) It doesn't work that way. At least it shouldn't. And that one issue is where 99.9% of the tension lies between teenagers and their parents. Problem is, many parents don't teach their kids that, and so they never, ever grow up. I know 30-year-olds who live at home, don't pay board, and their mother still does their washing and ironing, cooking and cleaning. It's time to grow up. Now, what, if anything at all, does this have to do with pain relief? Because that's what we're talking about on the program again this week, and, in fact, over the next few weeks, in this series called Pain Relief for the Soul. Well, here it is. Emotionally, some people never grow up. And when we don't grow up, when we have immature attitudes, that causes us huge amounts of pain. Huge. Have a listen to this, James chapter 1, beginning at verse 2. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of any kind... Consider it nothing but joy because you know that testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete and lacking in nothing. Do you see what growing up is all about? Trials, tests, pain, all the things that come at us, we're supposed to grow up through them. We endure through them and as we endure we become, listen to this, mature and complete, lacking in nothing. I see many, many adults who are adults according to their age but are children in their emotions. They throw tantrums, but they want their own way. They can't draw boundaries, so they become victims. They they don't learn from their experiences. And so they're caught in patterns of behaviour where over and over and over and over again they repeat the same mistakes with the same consequences over and over. Sometimes, in, in fact oftentimes, we experience pain Because of our immaturity, we haven't learned to handle difficult people with love and compassion and firmness and security in who we are as adults, so therefore we experience emotional pain. Now, we're all different. You and I are different. Perhaps you're more of an emotional person than I am, or perhaps you're a logical thinker, or perhaps you're one of those happy-go-lucky personality types, while I'm someone who's more focused on crashing through problems using my strength. We all have a different brand or style of immaturity. A hard person can wallow in their emotions. A logical thinker hasn't discovered that the rest of us aren't like them, so they get all frazzled by us happy-go-lucky person who likes to be liked is mortally wounded when the rest of us don't pay them any attention. And me, I operate mostly through my strength. I'll just roll straight over the top of you if I'm having a moment of immaturity. Listen carefully. Much of our pain in life is how we react to things. And if we come at life through our immaturities, if we haven't grown up, if we don't yet understand our weaknesses and just keep living them on over and over again, it's going to be a painful life. For some of us, it's time to grow up. Growing up's hard, but when we make the effort, a lot of the pain just evaporates because we're mature and complete and lacking in nothing. I'm Bernie Diamond, and you're listening to Christianity Works. The Word of God is alive and active, amen, with the power to transform your life, to help you be all that God made you to be. And that's what the Fresh Daily Devotional is all about. It's completely free, and I'd love to send it to you. Each day, you'll receive a life-changing scripture, together with some words of inspiration, hope, and encouragement from me, delivered right to your inbox, where you can choose to read, listen, or even watch the daily video. It's completely up to you. Remember, God's Word is the power to change. It's fresh for you each day. You can subscribe to receive your free daily devotional at freshdevotional.org or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 to request the printed Fresh Devotional, if that works better for you. Again, that's freshdevotional.org or 1-300-722-415. My prayer is that your heart will be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through the power of his word. And there is such an incredible power in the word of God, is there not? So let's dive straight back in to see what else he has for us today. Okay, so maturity is important. We're supposed to be mature. Question is, where do we get that? How do we grow up? A while ago, I taught a series on air called Wisdom That Works. And that was all about the getting of wisdom. And a core part of that, in fact, the starting point, comes to us from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. And I guess what that really says to me is that growing up, becoming wise, starts with honouring God. And that's a huge come down because our natural position is that we're in charge of our own lives. It's that attitude that causes us to turn away from God in the first place. The beginning of wisdom is a teachable heart before God. I want to talk about having a teachable heart right now because this is a huge thing. When we're open to learning to God's wisdom and his instruction and reproof and discipline, that's when we're in a position to mature and grow up. And when we do that, a lot of the pain in our lives goes away. Let me give you just one example before we dive into the teachable heart thing. I used to be very touchy, incredibly touchy about criticism. I always wanted to be right. I I wanted to always win the argument. I wanted everyone to agree with me. Now, I hope you'll agree with me at this point that that is something of an immature position to have, right? Wandering through life with that kind of immaturity, well, it's kind of like painting a target on your chest. You're going to get hurt because people just can't help but take aim at that sort of stupidity and immaturity. Now, that was my brand of immaturity, and there are still some that I'm working through, I have to tell you. I'm sure you have yours too. That place in your character where, if given half a chance, you had the opportunity, you'd rather behave like a child than an adult. Perhaps it's a day-by-day victim mentality. Perhaps it's always being hurt because because people don't meet up to your expectations of how you should be treated. It's pretty much an endless list. But do you see how the immaturity opens the door to a world of pain? The world out there kind of expects us to be grown up. And when inside we think and feel like a child, it's bound to hurt. Maturity means growing up, and it means a significant reduction in the pain we're going to experience. question is, since we all have some specific flaws, specific areas of weakness in our development and our makeup, how do we go about growing up? Good question. Let me bring you back at this point to the idea of having a teachable heart. It dawned on me a decade and a half ago when I gave my life to Jesus that as smart as I thought I was, and as much as I'd relied on my own wits and strength, and as much as I thought I had my life pretty well on track, if I was completely honest with myself, I had to admit that in many areas I'd made a complete hash of it. Was I some kind of complete fruitcake, a, a complete failure? No. By the world standards, I looked pretty successful. But on the inside where I lived, in my relationships, man, I had made a mess of things. Can I tell you, that wasn't... A happy realization for me. It wasn't something I enjoyed back then, but it was a realization that I'm benefiting from right now. Because it was a step of humility. It was a calm down, a step that would never have before been possible. The realization that I was making a hash of some of the things in my life was what got me to step down off my high horse and admit to God that I needed help. That was the beginning of wisdom for me. God's way is right. I was getting it wrong. At that point, I gained something that I really had never had before. A teachable heart. A heart that wasn't primarily concerned with being right in what other people thought of me. That's what kept me bound up in my immaturity in the first place. Now, it became a heart where I just just want to honour God. A heart where I can do and relearn some of the things that were ruining my life. All of a sudden... I wasn't touching anymore more about criticism. Criticism is now the opportunity to learn, to grow, to mature. Not all criticism is valid, but some of it certainly is. Have a listen to this. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 10. A rebuke strikes deeper into a discerning person than a hundred blows to a fool. Let me say it again. A rebuke strikes deeper into a discerning person than a hundred blows into a fool. Don't you love that? When we have a teachable heart, a rebuke can be a blessing because we let it in. When we're closed, people can beat us over the head with something a hundred times and it still makes no difference and we remain in our foolishness. Admitting we're wrong is never fun. It's never easy. But when we do, we're open to a new way, a better way, a way that works, a way that leads us through trials, through suffering, into maturity. And as we mature, we suffer less. Pride keeps us immature. Humility is the way to maturity. Listen to this. A prayer from King David when he was turning back to God, having committed adultery. Psalm 57, verse 17. The sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise contrition, a humble heart ready to learn from God. There is the beginning of wisdom. There is the beginning of growing up. There is the beginning of maturity. There is the beginning of removing a whole bunch of pain from our lives and that contrition, that open, teachable heart that hungers to honour God that's something that God blesses. Psalm 66 verse 2. All these things my hand has made And so all these things are mine, says the Lord. But this is the one to whom I will look, to the humble and the contrite in spirit who trembles at my word. You see, God shows mercy to the humble, but he always, he always opposes the proud. So how about it? Is it time to grow up? Is it time to open our hearts to God's instructions? So often we listen to a message like this and we don't let it land on on us. I believe God wants this message to land in my heart and in yours. I'm Bernie Diamond and you're listening to Christianity Works. Life can be hard work some days, and as that daily grind just kind of grinds away at us, it's easy to forget that Jesus died and rose again to give us victory. That's why I'd love to send you a short text message of encouragement straight to your phone, just as the Spirit leads, perhaps even when you least expect it. That's what Victory SMS is all about. Roughly every other week, I ask the Lord, what word of encouragement could I give to you today? So, if you'd like the occasional bit of encouragement to help you live your life in victory, then head across to victorysms.org. And when you do subscribe, you'll immediately receive a free copy of my ebook, Power Unlimited. Thousands of people already have, and the most common response oh, that's exactly what I needed to hear today. How did you know that? Thank you so much. It's simply amazing how powerfully the Spirit of God can move through just a short text message. And I'd love to encourage you too to live your life in victory. Again, that web address is victorysms.org. Okay, let's head straight back into the Word of God. Back in the 1890s russian scientist ivan petrovich pavlov was investigating the digestive system of dogs he was collecting their saliva to see what response it had to food under different conditions not for everyone i guess but it's a living now what he noticed was that dogs tended to salivate before the food was actually delivered to their mouths Now he decided that this was actually far more interesting than the saliva itself, so his research headed down a new path, and he discovered what he called conditional reflexes, that is, reflex responses like salivation that only occurred conditionally upon specific previous experiences of the animal. It's all about stimulus and response. Dogs received a certain stimulus, and they naturally reacted in a certain way. Now, those early experiments formed the basis of human behavioural research and therapies. There's another well-known experiment called the Little Albert experiment. Here's the Wikipedia entry on Little Albert. John Watson, founder of behaviourism, demonstrated classical conditioning empirically through experimentation using the Little Albert experiment, in which a child was presented with a white rat. After a control period in which the child reacted normally to the presence of the rat, the experimenters paired the presence of the rat with a loud, jarring noise caused by clanging two pipes together behind the child's head. As the trials progressed, the child began to show signs of distress at the sight of the rat, even without the frightening noises. Furthermore, the child demonstrated generalisation of stimulus associations and showed distress when presented with any white furry object, even things such as a rabbit, dog, fur coat and a Santa Claus mask with hair. It's fascinating stuff. It's called associative learning, and we do it all the time. I had a teacher, Miss Williams, in the third grade, who had a pair of these dark-rimmed, severe-looking, Baker-like glasses over which she appeared to me to scowl down her nose at the rest of us. To this day, and I'm just over the 50-year mark now, to this day, when I see someone with a pair of glasses like that, I have to work against having a reaction to them and being deeply suspicious of this person. We learn these responses to the different stimuli, and we repeat them over and over and over again. And so often, those responses bring us pain. Let's say you suffered rejection from someone you loved when you were a child. Chances are that the moment there's a sniff of rejection from anyone right now that you're an adult... All sorts of protective responses come trotting out. Withdrawal or aggression, however you learned to cope with rejection back then, is bound to be repeating itself over and over in your life today. And one of the places where we learned many, if not most, of our responses was through our parents. And they learned them from their parents, and their parents learned them from, well, you get the idea, right? Isn't it obvious how bad behaviours get handed down from generation to generation? stimulus response, just like little Albert. Now, call me crazy, and some people do, but I just don't think God wants us to live our lives that way, do you? I just don't think that's good for us because it means that the pains of the past are alive and well and thriving in our lives, robbing us of the good lives that Jesus came to give us. It's one thing to know that it's happening. A lot of people know that they're caught in a repetitive trap of anger or or the feeling of victimization or disappointment, whatever it is. But the question is, is there some way out? Or is it going to be a lifelong trap? I want to take you to two scriptures to show you that not only is the cycle in God's eyes already broken, but also that there is a way out. The first is the position that you're in if you've put your faith in Jesus Christ. If you have a Bible, grab it, open it up with me. This is an important passage. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 16 And 17 in the New Testament says this: From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view. Even though once we knew Christ from a human point of view, we know him no longer in that way. So, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See? Everything. Has become new. In other words, stop looking at this from a human point of view. Stop looking at this from a natural perspective. Because if we keep doing that, then we have to come to the conclusion that in fact there's no way out. You see it again, from now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view. And then in verse 17, it says, so, in other words, therefore, if anyone is in Christ Jesus. So the first step is not to see this from a natural perspective, but to see it from God's perspective, a supernatural perspective. When we look at ourselves from God's perspective, through his eyes, it becomes completely obvious. Anyone who believes in Jesus is a new creation. It's as though we've been born again. All the old things have passed away. And look, says Paul, behold, see, everything is made new. In other words, I don't care what it looks like from a human standpoint. The past is irrelevant. If we believe in Jesus, the past has no power, no hold, no dominion over anyone who believes in Jesus. That, my friend, is God's truth. And the second thing well, how do we appropriate that truth? How do we lay hold of it? How do we own it? How do we live it? How do we how do we benefit from it? The answer, not surprisingly, is also in God's word. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Paul writes, I appeal to you therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God for you. Two things. Firstly, give your life over to God, holus bolus, everything, be a living sacrifice, die to live, die to the old self and live to the new self, this new person that we've become, the new creation. And then, instead of conforming to the old ways, to the worldly ways, instead of being squeezed into the world's mould, the same as the old stimulus response, living life like Pavlov's dogs, living life like little Albert, instead of doing that, Paul's saying, let God transform you by the renewing of your mind. You see, then you'll figure it out. Then God will help you change your mind about the power of the past. Then you'll know his good and perfect and acceptable will for your life. And my friend, without knowing it, that's exactly what started to happen in my life a decade and a half ago. I went to God. I gave it all to him. But then something else. I started spending time in God's word. I actually started reading it, not like a theory lesson, but as though... It's God speaking to me, expecting God to change my life as I came to see things from his perspective. Reading the Bible, thinking about it, listening to others speaking about it, hanging around people who were saturated in God's word and God's spirit. And that, my friend, is how God changed my mind. I I had a horrible past, bits in my life that I wouldn't wish upon anybody not saying my brand of pain is any worse than yours but there are some things in my life, in my past that could be ruining my life today but I am utterly convinced, utterly convinced that I am a new creation old things have passed away and all things are new and I am living my life that way it's not because I'm clever but it's because God's word became part of my DNA God's word is written on the very fabric of my being now I am a new creation do you get it? old things have passed away, all things are new. The pain goes away. That's how God does it. This Christianity Works program is sharing the powerful, practical Word of God with so many people in over 160 countries around the world. But that's only made possible through the generous support of friends just like you. Each dollar that you give today will grow to reach nearly 3,000 people with a gospel message. Incredible! That means that a gift today of just $35 can touch over 100,000 people with the good news of Jesus Christ. So let me encourage you to give a generous tax-deductible gift of support to Christianity Works today, securely online at ChristianityWorks.com or by calling 1-300-722-415. And when you do get in touch, two things. Firstly, don't forget to request your free copy of that life application booklet that I've been telling you about. It's only available for a limited time, so don't miss out. Secondly, we would love to pray for you. Absolutely. Just click on the powerful prayer tile at the bottom of the homepage. Again, that's all at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415. Hey, thank you so much for your support and for joining me today. I'm Bernie Diamond. I'll catch you again same time next week with another message of God's love, God's grace and God's power for each one of us in Jesus Christ.